The Chargers did a great job in the offseason, not just adding the top-end talent, but also getting the depth to fill out the rest of the roster. But it's probably going to lead to one of the most intense training camps that we've seen covering the team and probably some surprise roster cuts. So on today's show, we're giving our first look at a 53-man roster prediction. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. And you can also find the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But who doesn't love roster predictions? And on today's show, we're getting into an early look inspired by Lindsay Theory from ESPN coming out with an early roster prediction of her own for the Chargers. We're going to kind of compare and contrast. Mine and David's roster predictions are kind of really different as well but we'll talk about how many quarterbacks the Chargers plan on keeping how this running back room is going to play out and if the Chargers will indeed find a way to keep four tight ends even with a bunch of unknowns we'll also talk about if safety Mark Webb going into his second season can stay on the roster with all the talented guys added to the secondary and what do you do with the edge rushers and linebackers now that you have Kyle Van Noy who kind of counts a little bit as both but today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, who has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. But this conversation starts, David, with the quarterback room. How many quarterbacks are the Chargers going to keep in 2022? That's a great question, Daniel. And my answer is two i have the chargers only keeping two quarterbacks on this roster i think this year with all the covid restrictions kind of going away which ones and yeah i mean (laughs) right but i i think it has loosened up out there and i think there is less of a necessity to keep a third quarterback in 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 those situations and just the way that i have my roster set up uh and you know, just the the fact that Easton Stick, unfortunately, he hasn't seen the field. And, you know, if all if everything goes well, he won't see the football field. So I think this is the, the point in time that the Chargers say goodbye to Mr. Easton Stick and they go to two quarterbacks. So, right. So yours is Justin Herbert and Chase Daniel. That's, That's who correct. you have on your roster prediction. Lindsay Theory has it with three. She has him keeping Stick. At least for now, because things are going to change. I can't wait to see how training camp tr- plays out. But at least the feeling I'm getting right now, I like that the COVID restrictions shouldn't necessitate them to keep three quarterbacks. So they shouldn't really ever need it. And I think you could even probably stash these and stick on a practice squad at this point. Yeah, I still think as of right now, they're going to keep three quarterbacks, even though I totally agree with you that it should be two. You should go chase Daniel as the vet. You should go Justin Herbert and you can have a third quarterback on the practice squad. No problem like a lot of the other teams in the NFL are already doing. But yeah, one of the more ambiguous positions, the one that's not nearly as clear cut is the running back position. And the way Lindsay theory had it was all three of the guys from last year, Eckler, Larry Roundtree, Josh Kelly, Gabe neighbors coming back as the fullback. And then also new running back Isaiah Spiller. So she has five total running backs. I have four running backs on my list. David, how did yours play out? I have four running backs as well, Daniel. So obviously Eckler and Spiller, I think, are definitely safe. I mean, yeah, they just invested 
a pick, and obviously Eckler's one of the best. Backs Those are probably the, the only two locks as far <laughs> right. as the running backs. Yeah, go. Exactly. Those and then we dudes. then we go into the land of the unknown or of the yeah. uncertain. I mean, this is going to be one of those position groups that is going to be battling it out through training camp. No question about it. But I have Larry Roundtree and Xander Horvath as okay. my group of four running backs and fullbacks put together. So you have Josh Kelly missing the cut, basically, right? That's like correct. That, that's where you're why you have one less than than Lindsay Theory does. We have the same amount, and I went with Josh Kelly instead. So mine's Eckler, Spiller, Kelly, Xander Horvath, and both of us have Horvath making it on the roster over Gabe Neighbors. I think Gabe Neighbors has a step up. I do think Horvath is definitely a freak show. I'm rooting for it. I'm hoping he goes off in the preseason. He's just I'm here an for athletic it. Let's freak. Do it. I mean, he just would bring something different to that room. And Gabe Neighbors was a healthy scratch a lot a of lot. games like yeah. last season, you know? So maybe this is a guy who can push to be something a little bit more than that can be that Kyle use check. You know, when Shane days looking at this offense, he kind of sees as a guy who can do a lot of those different things, be the fullback, be a little bit of an H back and tight end at times. But what about the actual tight end position, Dave? Because that's another one where there's no real known commodity after the top three guys that we think are locks for the roster. So we have the locks as Gerald Everett, Donna Parham, Trey McKitty. They've yes. said publicly that they think they could add a guy to that room potentially. But after it, David, after those three guys, it gets a little fuzzy as far as which one of these unknowns could make it. You're right. But looking at this offense, Daniel, just going from position group to position group, there is not a lot of open space for no. somebody to try to like to try to take a spot. There just isn't. But the tight end room is one of those spots, I think, that is open if they decide to carry a fourth tight end, which they have talked publicly about wanting to add another body to that room. So in that spirit, I have them keeping four tight ends. The three that we know about, obviously, Gerald Everett, Donald Parham Jr., Trey McKitty, but I also have them keeping Stone Smart, an undrafted free agent. There is two other undrafted free agent tight ends that are going to be vying for that spot. It's Croman Hawk, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, <laughs> and Hunter Camp Moyer. Those are the other tight ends that are going to be in camp. And that's another battle that, you know, if they are trying to keep four, that we should keep an eye on. Yeah, and I have them keeping three on mine. That's the way Lindsay Theory has it as well. But I do think out of all the positions that are for grabs, there is a chance for somebody to go take it. And I think it's kind of the same for the running back room, too. Like I had Josh Kelly making it on mine. You had Larry Roundtree, but like, I still think they could keep five, like she's saying, including a fullback, and that fullback could be Gabe Neighbors. But I do think that Letty Brown, Kevin Marks Jr., the guys that are coming in as undrafted free agents, if they do keep that fifth running back, I think one of those guys definitely has a chance to unseat either Larry Roundtree or Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly from a different regime has two years where he's kind of failed to really take off. Larry Roundtree just had one really disappointing season where he couldn't yeah. find it and couldn't get it going on special teams, averaged two yards per carry as a running back, like – that was just a really tough season, and he was already a guy coming in as a six-round pick who's fighting an uphill battle. They yeah. kept four guys last year and gave neighbors, making it five guys with Justin Jackson. This year, there's Isaiah Spiller. I do think one of those two guys' jobs is on the line in this training camp. I don't. I think there's a very real chance that either one of Larry Roundtree or Josh Kelly gets cut this year. I, I just think that they're bringing in competition. There's not as many ties, and I do think that both of those guys have a lot to prove and have a chance to do it when training camp gets here. But the other parts of the offense that we'll look at, David, wide receiver, we had the same as Lindsey Theory. All of us have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, DeAndre Carter. That's going to be tough. You know, maybe a Jason Moore comes in, a guy who's been around for a little while, makes some noise. But, like, 
really, I think it's either like DeAndre Carter, maybe Joe Reed. Maybe that's a conversation. If yeah, Joe Reed can be maybe. spectacular in special teams and do a little bit, of, you know, of something on offense. I want to see it. I'm still a big <laughs> Joe Reed fan. It just kind of feels like that ship has sailed, right? Like, yeah, but he's he still around. I yeah. mean, it, it's not he's as holding he, on. Yeah, but this is year three for him, right? And, yeah. and last year he wasn't able to make the team really. And he had the first crack really at being that kick return guy and just couldn't do it. They wanted yeah. a receiver who could bring special teams value. He wasn't able to do that, but you still kind of think, ah, you know, he could have been that kind of X factor, that weapon, a guy who was the best college returner when he came out and a guy yeah, that award winner yep. in open space can make people miss and has great vision, bring some of those tools to the table for the offensive lineman. We have it like this. Rashawn Slater, Matt Filer, Corey Lindsley, Zion Johnson, Storm Norton, Trey Pipkins, Jamari Sawyer, Brendan Hymas, and Will Clapp. So we have them keeping nine offensive linemen. I don't think there's a ton here, David, in the offensive line, just because it's like we don't know who's going to be starting at right tackle, but like it seems like bringing in Will Clapp, keeping Brendan Hymas around, not getting rid of either of the rookies, it just seems like this is the most likely scenario for the offensive line room. It, it does, and that's a nice thing. That's a really good feeling to sure. have those guys there yeah. and know that these are the guys that you're pretty much going mm-hmm. to be going into battle with, which a lot of seasons before this, that has not been the case. There's been a yeah. lot of uncertainty, but this Chargers offensive line for the first time in, in, in a long time, like they have some legit dudes that you know are going to be coming in starting, and they have some guys that are going to be some quality backups that you feel pretty decent about if they have to come in and play here and there that they're going to be able to get the job done. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of guys that should feel pretty good about making the roster, especially the rookies, and bringing in Will Clapp to be that kind of backup center. It seems like they all just kind of slot in where you need them to be, and we'll see if anyone else can make some noise. But I can't say the same for Mark Webb or Lohi Gilman because it does seem like those two dudes may be battling it out for a roster spot when training camp comes. So we'll talk about which ones we have on our opening 53-man roster. But there's also a loaded cornerback room. How many corners can they keep? They just drafted two to go on top of the five. We already know. We get into that coming up right after this. But I can tell you, I'm betting on Mark Webb because he had a very, very impressive offseason last year and obviously had it derailed by injuries. But when I do place my bets, I only go to one place, and it's betonline.net. BetOnline is the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs, which just wrapped up. So hopefully you guys had money on the Colorado Avalanche. But Major League Baseball is still going on, and there's a ton of great things to get in on there, especially when you don't like baseball as much. It's a lot more fun to watch when you have something riding on it. But I know what I'm going to be betting on this weekend. It's going to be UFC 276, July 2nd. Great fight card coming up, multiple championship belts on the line. But it's whatever you guys want, and that's the great thing about BetOnline. You can do UFC, you can go baseball. You can go your favorite Vegas casino games. You can go eSports. They have it all. They have fun prop bets. They have live in-game betting. So make sure you guys head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, David. Well, it's crazy that we did all the offense. We did the whole offensive side of things in segment one. But I do think there's a lot more question marks defensively and and maybe more spots up for grabs, right? Because the offense is pretty set. And that's why it didn't change very much. And there's a lot less ambiguity there. The defensive side of the ball, a lot of crazy stuff could happen, especially because they drafted dudes, you know, two corners late in the draft. If those dudes make the team, Jazeer Taylor, right? Dean Leonard, those kind of guys. But the safety position is where I want to start this one because I do think, David, we will see a shakeup in the safety position with the addition of JT Woods. Nazir Adderley's safe. Derwin James is safe. But in mine, I have it as Derwin James, JT Woods, 
Nazir Adderley and Mark Webb coming back from injury last year, which has Alohi Gilman getting cut. And, and that is something that he is from a former regime. He's a sixth-round pick. He hasn't been able to fully find his footing in the NFL, and I think he's a prime player to talk about as far as a guy who could be on the chopping block. Maybe he comes out and goes nuts, but as I see it right now, I'm going to disagree with ESPN's Lindsay Theory on this one. She has Gilman over Mark Webb. I'm going Mark Webb over Gilman. And I'm agreeing with you on that as well, and, and I think it's because for a couple of things. Number one, they talked about Mark Webb a lot, and they said Mark Webb was very close to playing a lot of football for us. If he last hadn't year. got hurt, yeah, he would have been right. A big if he hadn't got hurt, so that tells me that if he was healthy, he probably would have took a Lohi Gilman spot last year. And now that he is healthy, if he's able to maintain the status quo and be able to come in here and play and show that he's the same dude, then I think that that is going to be his spot. So you're going to have Derwin James with the primary backup of Mark Webb, and you're going to have Nazir Adderley with the primary backup of JT Woods. And I think another kind of subplot to that, David, if that's how it shakes out, right, will be JT Woods trying to fight for a way to get on the field early yeah. on, right? And to to be that safety that comes next onto the field if they want to move Derwin James around. And I think that's going to be an interesting thing to see because Mark Webb impressed a lot of people last year, right? Yeah. But now you have Mark Webb and JT Woods who between the two of them have like four games of NFL experience. And that's Mark Webb who barely got to play last year. Right. <laughs> so like, it's not a ton of experience. Well, he Gilman has played for two years, but started in a different defense, was dip- yeah. drafted by a different head coach or when a different head coach was in charge at the very least. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, how JT Woods can find a way to carve out some time for himself early on because we know the Chargers have to be wanting that takeaway ability on the back end. He's safe. Derwin James is safe. Nazir Adderley is safe. Those other two guys have batted out, but I think JT Woods is fighting for more than just a roster spot. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a guy that they they really are happy about because they know that he has range. He has speed. He has ball skills. So they feel very good about unlocking Derwin James about right. being able to move him all over the field, bringing him in the box, bringing him as an extra blitzer, which he is excellent at and not having to feel uncomfortable about the protection that you have on the back end. And that's why this JT Woods pick, which at first was probably a little head scratching makes a lot of sense after you think about it and you put it in protection or excuse me, put it into focus and so that's why it's very exciting to see what JT Woods is going to be able to do on the football field with a great safety group. Now, and we'll see if it's a great safety group. I mean, I think we know that Derwin James is obviously great. We have high hopes for Nazir Adderley going into his fourth season in the contract yeah. here. JT Woods, I think you just can see easily what he adds and what he brings to the table and what they've lacked at that part of the field and his takeaway ability, the tracking, all the things we talked about. I'm excited to see it, but I do think Mark Webb, can turn into something and they do have a vision for him and you know seemed like he was one of the guys they really liked when they took him last year in the seventh round out of Georgia but the cornerback room doesn't get much clearer David because I think we all know who's safe on this roster at this point right I think you can easily say that Santa Samba Jr. Michael Davis even JC Jackson Bryce Callahan all those guys are safe the next one Tavon Campbell on the list is a little bit interesting. I have him making my 53-man roster at least at this point. We'll see if anyone can kind of come unseat that. But where me and Lindsay theory differ on this one is we each have six cornerbacks, but for her, she has Jazir Taylor, the Chargers late round draft pick. I have Dean Leonard, the other late round corner draft pick. And both of the guys are probably on the roster bubble, right? Those are late round guys in we know those top five guys have either played for the Chargers or were brought in to play some sort of role for them this season. 
How did you have it playing out, David? Did you have to pick between one of those two guys? Who did you end up going with? I mean, I, I did have to pick between those two guys, but I ended up picking both of those two guys. I, I, I That's think, not picking between them. That's just picking both. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I had to contemplate if I was going to keep one or the other, but I decided to keep both of them. And the reason why is mostly because of special teams. I feel like they are going to be on a lot of the special teams units. I feel like that's how they're going to have to earn their role on this roster first and foremost, because we know the the, the top guys that are going to get on the football field are already kind of set in stone. So if you want to make your way on this roster and you want to make a mark, you're going to have to do it on special teams. And I think that is what's going to happen. They got some speed, and I think that's going to lend itself to them making their way onto this roster. Yeah, and I mean, last year they really kept six corners and Mark Webb, and then they really had four safeties, if you include Mark Webb as a safety, but it ended up being seven and three is how they broke it down when they released it. So I think they do want to put, you know, Maybe have one of those guys in the slot like Mark Webb. But as far as true cornerbacks go, they kept six. If I wouldn't be terribly surprised if they keep seven. I mean, it would be a lot. It'd be more than they did last year. It's just so hard to tell with Dean Leonard and Jasir Taylor. That's why I picked one at this point. I picked the guy that I thought was more fitting for the outside because I like yeah. Asante Simo Jr. in the slot. Mm-hmm. I like Bryce Callahan in the slot. Yeah. Davon Campbell has even played a little bit in the slot, right? Yeah. Dean Leonard is a guy, yeah, a big project, but could develop into more of a guy who plays on the outside and maybe let some of those other guys do more on the inside. But Jazeera Taylor did have more return value special teams-wise in college. Not a ton, but he did have more, and he was pretty good at it when he did it. So I could see going in that direction like Lindsey Theory did. It's a very deep group, you know, and it's nice to see, you know, Tavon Campbell, a guy who was a relatively unknown going into last year, isn't going to be needed as like your fourth corner, right? Or is a guy that we know is going to get a ton of playing time. He's CB five right now, which is more comfortable than where it was last year. Plus you just have like, you replace Chris Harris jr. With Bryce Callahan, right? Yeah. And now your number one corner is JC Jackson, which changes the entire picture of it. But at least as I see it right now, I have six corners. You have seven corners, 11 in the secondary for you. I have 10 in the secondary, but, There were many more tough decisions that we had to make, especially on the defensive side, looking at the Chargers front seven, because there's like nine defensive linemen that could potentially end up making this team. The linebackers, I have no idea because I don't even know if they consider Kave nor a linebacker or an edge rusher. So we're going to talk about how our first 53-man roster prediction played out in the front seven coming up right after this. All right, David, well, we've been getting into our first roster predictions. Obviously, it's early and things are going to change, but who doesn't like talking about who's going to make this Chargers roster, especially with the most talented roster we've seen from them on paper in over a decade, probably. So I'm excited to see how it plays out. But the front seven is going to be tricky, David, because there's a lot of kind of mysteries that we don't know as of right now, and we're going to see play themselves out during training camp, which is how much is Kyle Van going to play linebacker? How much is he going to be playing edge? Are you counting him as an edge rusher? Are you counting him as a linebacker? These things we don't know at this point, but I want to start with the defensive line because the defensive line is one of the most, if not the most improved position in the Chargers this year. You bring in Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson. You draft Tito Abonia. You also have Morgan Fox, who you bring in as a late interior kind of pass rusher. I have the Chargers going with six interior defensive linemen, even though they only kept five on the 2021 opening initial roster. I have them going six, and the six that I went with are Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Jerry Tillery, Morgan Fox, Tito Abonia, the fifth-round pick, and then 
Me and Lindsay Theory kind of have the same hot take on this one because I have Braden Fehoko on my initial list beating out Christian Covington, who was brought back on a one-year deal. Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely interesting, but uh, I think what I have to say might be a little bit more <laughs> interesting here. So, yeah, I got, obviously got Sebastian Joseph Day, Otito Abonia, Austin Johnson, Christian Covington, Morgan Fox, and Braden Fehoko, and that is it. So I do have, at this point in time, Jerry Tillery not making the 53-man roster, and I have really gone back and forth on this one, guys. This one was a very difficult decision for me, and I didn't really know where to go with it, but I feel like they brought Morgan Fox in to do pretty much the same exact thing that Jerry Tillery does for this defensive line, and with that familiarity with the system and the coaching staff, I feel like there is a legitimate chance that Morgan Fox will take that role and Jerry Tillery will be on the way out. And I mean, there's a good chance that they keep both of them, right? And, yeah, that's, and that's what I was talking about. I mean, I, I just, I don't see it. Like, it seems like he's put up on a pedestal by the front office, by the coaching staff. Like, he's a first-round pick. He did get his fifth-year option declined, right? So, I mean, at least it shows you kind of where they stand on that. But it doesn't mean there's no intent for them to think he's going to break out this year and to re-sign him after that. But he... Should have lost snaps last year, especially on early downs because oh, yeah. of his, you know, liability in the run game and stopping the run, even though he had a couple of flashes, just wasn't nearly consistent enough. None of their defensive linemen were. No. But he was the the sorest of those spots. He was the yes. Chargers' worst interior run defender last season, and it wasn't super close. I mean, no. he was one of their better pass rushers last year, but as far as run defense, he's a liability. I still don't think there's any chance that he gets cut going into the season. I think they let him play the season out as they did with some other guys like Justin Jones because you're white and, you know, some of the guys they let go. And I still don't know if he gets brought back by any means, but he's in a great opportunity. And I think for now, even though I'm not sold on him being the guy there, I think they're going to keep him around. But how much could Morgan Fox eat into those snaps? How much will it be Morgan Fox? How much will it be Jerry Tillery? I think they both have them in that same role, that interior pass rushing defensive lineman where guys like Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph, they are more known for their run defense. But I do have Braden Fayoko making it over Christian Covington just because I thought in a small sample size last year, he was better, the better of the two of those guys, and he has a training camp to show it, especially versus the run, where he was really, really good on a per-snap basis. But let's move to the linebackers, David, because this is where things get a little tricky because where are you putting Kyle Van Noy? So I ended up having five linebackers on mine. Lindsay Theory ended up only going with four on her list. Outside linebackers? No, inside linebackers. Inside linebackers, okay. There's no outside linebackers, David. It's Edge. Sorry. You know that. Edge. Sorry, bro. Come on. My bad, man. My bad. Linebackers, Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, Troy Reader, Amen Ogbong, Bamiga is who Lindsay Theory had. I have them keeping Nick Neiman as well, but you can notice one thing here. I don't have Kyle Van Noy on this part of the list. So, David, how many linebackers do you have? Who did you end up keeping? Yeah, I have four inside linebackers on my list. I got Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, Troy Reader, and Nick Neiman. I have. Oh, Nick if I Neiman. didn't say Troy Reader for mine, I don't know if I said Troy Reader, but he's in my five. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just the familiarity with the system. It seems like it's it's a pretty much an automatic there. Um, but yeah, I have Nick Neiman on there, and it's it's because he's a special teams monster. He had ten. So you have teams. five. Four. That's four, right? Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, Troy Reader, Reader, Bong. No, I don't have Bong. Oh, you're, you said Bong's getting cut. Yes. Yes. I, I am taking Nick Neiman over Bong, and it's because of special teams value. Nick Neiman had 10 special team tackles with one missed tackle, 
and Bong only had four special teams tackles, and he had three missed tackles. So Nick Neiman is a much better special teams player, and I honestly think I like his range as a linebacker. I feel like he has good coverage ability, so that's why I'm going with Nick Neiman over Amen. I mean, it would be nice if we actually got to see any of Nick Neiman's coverage ability because we didn't True. get to in his rookie season. He didn't really we do did it much. See him all Iowa. over special teams. Yeah, I mean, special teams. I mean, that's where you end up keeping extra dudes for, right? You're the extra people kind of making the roster, especially with Brandon Staler, guys who can play on special teams. So it makes sense to have more corners, right? To have more linebackers. I mean, all we've heard is how much they like Bong, right? That's why it's hard for me. That's why it's surprising to me. It seems like they're higher on Bong, at least from the very little we've got out than they are on Nick Neiman. But Nick Neiman, I mean, I have both of them. So, I mean, there's nothing really for me to argue. I think that both of those guys are just special teamers at this point. And I think both of them could be off the team as well, depending on how they view Kyle Van Noy, who is on my edge rushers list in this scenario, David. I have Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Kyle Van Noy, Chris Rump, and Jamal Davis. So, Jamal Davis is definitely the surprise here. On Lindsay Theory's list, she had the same four plus a Mecha Boule. So in this sense, I have Jamal Davis making it over a Mecha Boule, but there's also a chance they don't have five edge rushers. Yeah, there absolutely is, but my list is the same. I, I have them with Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Chris Rumpf, Kyle Van Noy, and Jamal Davis. I just think that they brought in Jamal Davis from the CFL. And if you've seen this guy, this guy looks <laughs> he looks sure. He's gigantic. Like he, he looks like a very scary man. So hopefully that translates onto the football field as a pass rusher as well. And unfortunately for Emeka Boule, we just haven't really seen very much out of him. And like, you know, Daniel, we, we were talking about before the show, he was a part of a, a different regime. So there, there are no ties for Emeka Boule. So I think that's why Jamal Davis is going to be the one that takes that last edge rusher spot. If there is a spot there, right? If there is, yeah. That's the thing. But I think the hard thing at this point is, like, if they're not considering, because, like, Kyle Van Noy is a very, very quality, high upgrade third edge rusher for you besides your top two dudes. Yeah. But he's also one of the best linebackers that you have, even though exactly. he's not, you know, <laughs> we don't know if he's going to be using that traditional role. So do they, even if they're planning on using Kyle Van Noy to play more linebacker, do they keep? an extra edge rusher, right? Jamal Davis or a Mecca boy. Cause it could be neither one of them. They could just be like, Hey, Kyle Van Noy is going to be sticking mostly to pass rushing. So we're going to go with Bosa, Mac Van Noy and Chris Rump, right. And hope for, you know, a leap from Chris Rump. We don't need Jamal Davis or a Mecca boy. I went with Jamal Davis because a Mecca boy was drafted by a different regime, right? Because of that. And because Jamal Davis looks like he's a superhero. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> these are my early predictions. I can obviously exactly. change my mind, but like, I'm not going to tell that dude to his face that he's not mm -hmm. going to make the team. Not at all. But nope. I think that, you know, it's it's nice to, to have these problems. Right? It's nice yeah. to, to not know which edge rusher is going to make the team and to really not hopefully have that even be that important, that last guy who's making it, that fifth guy potentially. But I think it's going to actually take away. Like when it actually happens, I wouldn't be surprised if there's either four inside linebackers or four edge rushers instead and you know, vice versa because of how they end up identifying, you know, Kyle Van Noy. But he was on the first team starting linebacker with Troy Reader and the only sample size that we've even got to see of this. So who knows? But I like the way this roster works. But there's one thing, obviously, David, there's going to be a ton of competition. Like, oh, yeah, there's going to be guys who get cut that played for the Chargers last year who were recently drafted by the Chargers. And that's a sign of a team that's getting better, right? And yeah. a sign of a contender is making it very, very hard 
to make the roster, but I do think there are three locks on the special team side of things because I think yeah. three specialists, we both agree, Dustin Hopkins, J.K. Scott, who it seems like they kind of handpicked to come in and, and take over for Ty Long, yeah. and they got an all-pro and long snapper Josh Harris. So I would be shocked if he doesn't make the team, if any of those guys <laughs> don't make the team. But They're I can't wait to see how it plays out, and I can't wait – until Justin Herbert signs his extension, and I know that he's going to be locked up on the Chargers for like 10 more years. But beep, beep. that is something Let's that we're going to be talking about. Truck. Yeah, I mean, that, I don't know if one brink struck is going to cut it for that one. But that's what we're going to talk about on Wednesday when we are back here with you guys. Justin Herbert sat down and for the first time really ever talked about his contract situation because after this season, he is eligible to sign a massive massive extension so we'll be getting into that but thank you guys for checking out today's show and making us your first listen to make sure you never miss the show go subscribe to the lockdown charges youtube channel if you're on here right now make sure you guys are subscribing make sure you go follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from whether that's spotify google or apple Podcasts. if you can't find it on google Podcasts or any other ones we always post the links to all of our social media if you can't find it on any of the mainstream podcasts and you can find and on all of our social media at Lockdown LAC on Twitter, at Lockdown Chargers on Instagram, and on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. You can also call into the show as well. And we're going to be leaning on you guys for some voicemails and some of your guys' fan mail Friday shows. So make sure you guys call into 323-524-7924. We try to get as many Chargers voicemail played on the show as we can. But that's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you guys on Wednesday talking about Justin Herbert, him on his way to a giant, giant extension if he can keep it up this year. But until then, take it easy. Link doubles.